Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. The Perfect Species by Mythtrav16 There they are, the middle-aged manager said, gesturing to the cutting tools on the desk across the room. Thanks. Kurt responded with a smile. If there's anything else you need, just ask one of the girls and they'll help you out. The manager said as he left the large workshop to go about his own business, closing the door behind him. When he was gone, Kurt turned to where the man had been standing and chuckled to himself. The manager's friendliness had been both unexpected and refreshing. He didn't know why he'd been so nervous about coming to the Wellsville Jewelers to do some work. No, that wasn't true. He didn't know why he was nervous, but it was a silly, silly reason. Nearly two years of working as an apprentice jeweler under old man Adler had taken their toll on Kurt Foley. Adler came from that generation that believed young people were lumps of metal that needed to be beaten into the right shape. In Adler's case, that meant constant berating of Kurt and everything he did. Kurt often wondered if the way his employer treated him was even legal these days. It only took a month of working for the cantankerous old bastard to make Kurt seriously reevaluate his choice of career. As it was, Kurt felt like he was on the brink of quitting, but he certainly would have quit long ago if the pay hadn't been so reasonable. Kurt sat down and placed the fist-sized jewelry box he'd bought with him on the desk. He opened it to reveal the exquisite gem Mrs. Devereaux had bought into Adler's jewelry four days ago. It was a diamond about three-quarters of an inch in diameter. On first glance the gem appeared to be perfectly spherical, but its shape was actually made by thousands of tiny cuts. Kurt had never seen such workmanship. It almost seemed a shame to honor Mrs. Devereaux's request to cut the gem down, so it could be placed in a brooch. Kurt sighed as he remembered that the customer is always right. As flawless as it seemed Kurt had serious doubts about the gem being a true diamond. When seen under a magnifier, all the light the gem refracted had a peculiar turquoise tinge the likes of which Kurt had never seen before. Even more peculiar was that the cutting tools in Adler's jewelry couldn't make a dent in the gem. In fact, the tools had been ruined by Kurt's attempts. Of course, old man Adler launched a barrage of abusive criticism at Kurt upon discovering the state of his tools. Adler was adamant that the damage had been caused by ineptness on Kurt's part no matter how much Kurt insisted that the gem was unusually strong. The old man examined the gem himself, but spoke nothing of his findings. That night, Kurt posted magnified photos of the gem on the jewelers.net website. That's right. Even jewelers have their own forum community, seeking answers. The responses he received generally agreed that there was something odd about the turquoise tinge and the gem's strength, but nobody could explain these features. Determined to prove the asshole Adler wrong, and clear his name, Kurt made a few phone calls and discovered that the large jewelry store in Wellsville possessed extra strong gem-cutting tools. The manager of the store was more than happy to allow Kurt to come over and use their tools. The 140-mile round trip would be worth it if he got to prove Adler wrong. Kurt placed the gem under the desk's magnifier and, with a deep breath, cast all bitter thoughts about the old man from his mind.
he needed to concentrate. He scored the surface of the gem with painstaking care, preparing it for his first cut. Then he placed the sharp blade of the nearby jeweler's chisel on the score mark and gave it a strong tap with the mallet. A bright blue flash surged from the diamond, momentarily blinding Kurt. It was accompanied by a sound not unlike that of a gas burner igniting, only much louder. What the fuck was that? An edgy Kurt asked himself as he tried to restore his eyesight by blinking repeatedly. When his eyesight did return to normal a few seconds later, the first thing Kurt did was check the diamond. Not only had it been cut, but it had been cut precisely the way Kurt had intended. Shows what you know, you old bastard! Kurt chuckled to himself. It was only now that Kurt spied something out of the corner of his eye. He turned slowly to find a young woman standing a few feet to his right. And what a woman! The first thought that came to Kurt's mind was that this was the most gorgeous creature that he had ever seen. She was around 5'11 or 6 feet tall and looked as if she was in her early twenties. Her slightly longer-than-shoulder-length hair was jet black and perfectly framed her beautiful Mediterranean-looking face. Her eyes were as blue as the ocean, each lined by long dark lashes. Her most noticeable feature was her clothing. It could best be described as a skimpy bikini done in the style of a harem dress. Only her most private regions were hidden from view. Two small triangles of turquoise silk completely covered her nipples, but concealed nothing of the shape of her luscious teacup breasts. Her captivating mammary sat firmly on her chest, sat, not hum. There was only the slightest fold at the base of the lovely orbs, and they were clearly given no artificial support by the skimpy bra. Another, larger, triangular piece of turquoise silk covered the lower half of the woman's mons, and tapered into a thin strip that dove between her legs and hid her valley of pleasures from wanton eyes. Behind her, a semi-transparent veil trailed behind her from just above her butt. The entire outfit was held together by nothing more than thin cords of gold. Her legs were long, slender, and looked as if not a single hair had ever grown from their smooth surface. There was not a blemish to be seen on her tanned skin. The extraordinary beauty stood with hands on her hips, staring at Kurt with a friendly smile on her face. She had an air of childlike innocence, but also of confidence and maturity usually only seen in older women. Something in the back of Kurt's mind told him to be polite and greet the woman, but the sight of her perfect, exposed flesh was so distracting, all Kurt could manage to get out was the word. Um, although he did manage to get it out about a dozen times, so what his speech lacked in eloquence, it gained in duration. Greetings, master. The young woman replied in a velvety voice, as if she'd understood the intended meaning of Kurt's mutterings. She bowed her head, respectfully, and then smiled slightly wider, almost as if she'd been waiting her whole life to say those words. I doubt I'm sorry. What did you say? Kurt asked, mystified. Greetings, master. The beauty repeated eagerly, as if there was nothing at all odd about the question. Kurt sat with his head in his hand, his mouth hanging wide open as if it were patiently waiting for his brain to ship out its next sentence. What little of his mind wasn't mentally removing those small pieces of silk from her body was racing for an explanation. The only thing he could think of was that this was some sort of prank. But Kurt didn't have any wild friends, so who would have organized something like this? There must have been some mistake. Look, I don't work here, Kurt explained sheepishly.
Dot so if this is some kind of gag between the staff here. The mysterious woman stared at him quizzically, as if she had no idea what he was talking about. Kurt watched the woman, waiting for her to make their next move, but after a while, it became apparent that she was content to just stand there and smile at him. Excuse me, Mr. Foley. One of the young receptionist girls announced herself as she opened the door. I was just wondering if you would like a cup of... Oh. The timid blonde receptionist became quite flustered upon noticing the strange woman and her even stranger lack of modesty. Forgive me. I didn't know that you had company, the receptionist said as she stepped back out of the room and closed the door behind her so quickly that poor Kurt didn't have time to say a single word in his own defense. Oh, geez. A very embarrassed Kurt winced as he buried his face in his hands. Is something the matter, master? The mysterious woman asked with concern. Is there anything I can do for you? I'm sorry, but who are you? What are you doing here? Kurt asked assertively. Despite his frustration, his tone was still polite. In the back of his mind, Kurt hoped that if he minded his manners, he might have a chance with the extraordinary beauty. I am your devoted servant, master. My name is Morella, and I am here because you set me free. The beauty explained. What do you mean I set you free? Kurt asked. Morella looked surprised by his question. You broke my magical prison, master, and released me. As such I am ever yours to command. Magical prison. Right. Kurt repeated sarcastically, nodding his head while silently asking the woman with his eyes just how stupid she thought he was. Yes, master. Morella confirmed, still getting the impression that her master did not understand the situation, for some unknown reason. This magical prison, which you have broken. As she spoke the two parts of the diamond that Kurt had cut levitated off the desk and towards Morella. They came to a gentle halt levitating two inches above her outstretched hand. Holy shit! Kurt exclaimed in alarm as he fell off his chair. Are you all right, master? Morella asked with concern as she took a couple steps towards Kurt, seeming to forget all about the diamond segments and letting them drop to the floor. Kurt felt an unseen force lifting him up from under his arms and buttocks. In a couple of seconds he was standing upright. The pain in his right but cheek faded away almost instantaneously. I sense no injuries in you, master, Morella stated as she looked him over. You should be fine. She smiled. Kurt simply stared at her with his jaw sinking towards his toes. What are you? Kurt eventually asked. Morella raised her eyebrows, wondering why her master was still did not understand. I am your servant, master. Yes, but what? Kurt began loudly, but stopped himself realizing that if he kept asking the same question, he would keep getting the same answer. By now, he had dispensed with the pleasantries. Can I still think about sleeping with this thing now? He asked himself. Yes. Yes. Fuck yes. The surprisingly adamant voice of his libido replied from the back of his mind. After thinking the situation over, Kurt seemed to have found an answer to his own question. An incredible one, maybe, but an answer nonetheless. Are you a genie? He asked. It all made sense, at least as much as talking to a genie can make sense. She called him master, she had magical powers, she'd been imprisoned and then freed. 
Even her clothes were like an extremely risque take on what Barbara Eden wore in I Dream of Jeannie. Jeanne? What is that, master? Morella inquired. You know a genie? They grant wishes and they. Kurt folded his arms and blinked, as genie often did in the old sitcom. You know? And they live in lamps and bottles. But you lived in a diamond, didn't you? Kurt remembered, shooting down his own theory. Morella seemed quite interested in what Kurt was saying. I don't know of any genie, master, but I am more than willing to grant your wishes. She declared happily. Really? Yes, master. So what I get three wishes? Kurt asked. I am your servant forevermore, master. I will honor as many wishes as you care to make. She answered hesitantly, as if she was not sure she understood the question. Unlimited wishes! Kirk thought to himself. With the realization of this incredible power, a wish that Kurt had secretly held for so long came barreling through his mind and out his mouth before he even realized what he was saying. I wish that old man Adler was mute. Despite his incredible hatred for the old bastard, Kurt could not bring himself to wish the death of another human being. At least this way the angry old jeweler would never again hurt anyone with his barbed words. Morella closed her eyes and for a brief moment Kurt could feel her probing his mind, trying to identify who or what Adler was. Then suddenly her eyes fluttered open and a look of sorrow crossed her face. This Adler creature is horrible, master! She exclaimed. I'm sorry, master, but I do not possess the power to grant your wish. My magic cannot alter another life force, or the physical form it inhabits. Morella lamented. Oh. Kurt responded, a little surprised. But I can help you in other ways. Morella assured him, as if trying to atone for her failings. You keep company with the Adler only because of the wealth he can offer you, yes? I can provide you with wealth, so that you need not suffer the Adler's presence ever again. Morella smiled proudly as she cupped her hands together. With a flash of blue light they were instantly filled with gems of all types and sizes. Running a quick eye over the precious stones, Kurt estimated that Morella held about five million dollars worth of jewels in her hands. Then he suddenly remembered he was in a jeweler store. Get rid of those, he snapped in a hushed voice. If anyone sees us with those, they'll think we're stealing them. I'm sorry, master, Morella apologized as the pile of gems disappeared in a poof of light blue smoke. I had no intention of causing a problem for you. A look of sadness crossed the beauty's face. I know, I know, Kurt replied in frustration. I know you didn't mean any harm. I need some time to get a handle on this. Whole thing. It's gonna be hard enough trying to explain what you're doing back here if the manager sees you. Big jewelry stores tended to frown on unexpected guests being in their staff-only areas. Kurt had had to verify that he was indeed a fellow jeweler before they allowed him into their workshop. Somehow, I have to sneak you out of here without anyone else noticing. The young receptionist who had seen Morella could be a problem, but it had been several minutes since she'd walked in on them, and no one had come in since. It seemed likely that the receptionist had decided not to mention what she'd seen to the rest of the staff. Perhaps she had been too embarrassed? If you would like, master, I can transport myself magically to other places. I can also become invisible and walk past other people without them knowing, Morella offered. That's handy, Kurt commented.
Morella's smile returned to her upon sea and her master was pleased. All right, transport yourself out to my car. It's in the parking lot behind this building. I'll be out as soon as I can, he commanded. Car? Morella responded, with a puzzled look. Kurt was about to give her a concise description of his silver Ford Falcon when he suddenly felt Morella probing his mind again. Oh, you mean your iron carriage? As you please, master. She smiled and bowed her head before disappearing from the room with a bright blue flash, much the same way as she'd first appeared. Kurt let out a deep sigh. He was finally alone again and had a chance to think about the situation undisturbed. A sparkle on the floor drew his eyes to the two segments of the magical diamond that still rested where Morella had dropped them. As he retrieved them he remembered that he had come here to do a job and for a brief moment considered finishing his task. But he quickly decided against it. Diamond cutting was very precise work. There was no way he could give his task the concentration it required with thoughts about his new friend buzzing about his brain. He placed the two pieces of the diamond back in the box from whence they came, did a quick mental check that he had not left anything else of his in the room, and then headed for the door. As he marched through the front of the store he informed the manager that he had received a call on his cell about a family emergency. He thanked the manager for his hospitality before walking out the front door. As he made his way around the side of the building, he began to worry that Morella might not have followed his instructions properly. To his relief, he could see her sitting in his car as he entered the parking lot, although she was sitting in the driver's seat. He shook his head as he contemplated the thought of a woman, who didn't know what a car was two minutes ago, driving the seventy-mile trip home. As he neared the car, he made a scoot-over sign with his hands and Morella seemed to understand. Although instead of awkwardly negotiating the gear stick and handbrake, Morella simply teleported herself into the passenger seat with another blue flash. I hope that doesn't damage the onboard computer, Kirk thought to himself. He used his key remote to unlock the doors, then briskly opened the door and climbed into the driver's seat. After closing the door more forcefully than usual, Kurt exhaled a deep breath as he silently told himself to calm down. You appear a little agitated, master, Morella observed. Is there something I can assist you with? No. Thank you, Morella, Kurt replied distantly. In that case, would you like me to calm you? She offered with a kind smile. Kurt had misgivings about what she meant specifically, but it was an appealing offer, nonetheless. All right, he agreed. Very well. If you would just turn towards your door, master. Kurt did as Morella requested and turned his back to her. The beautiful creature placed her hands on the center of his back and began to tenderly rub it through his shirt. Kurt had never had a back massage before, but he found himself doubting that any human could perform one as good as Morella. It was as if she had managed to tap into a node of stress the instant she laid her hands on him, and had drained it all out of his body in just a couple of seconds. As her hands crept up to his shoulders and neck, a warm sense of pleasantness began to radiate throughout Kurt's body. As he ogled her luscious form with his mind's eye, he began to ponder the extent of physical pleasure this creature was capable of bestowing, and let his imagination run wild. Was that satisfactory, master? Morella asked as she lifted her hands from his body. That was amazing, Kurt blurted as he turned around. 
I could probably achieve a better result if you were to remove your torso garment. That won't be necessary. He smiled as he inserted his keys in the ignition and started the engine. As tempted as he was to have Morella's hands rolling over his bare skin, and he was very tempted, he wanted to get Morella somewhere private so he could collect his thoughts. For most of the trip, the car was filled with an awkward silence. At least it was awkward for Kurt, Morella seemed quite content. She only spoke when spoken to, but she seemed incredibly curious. Her gaze bounced to and fro, as she took in every ordinary thing they passed. Power lines, traffic lights, a train they passed, even cows grazing in the fields and flocks of birds flying overhead. At first, Kurt found Morella's motions a little distracting, but he began to appreciate her fascination with this modern world when he pondered how long she had been trapped in that diamond. When Kurt questioned her about her imprisonment, her response led Kurt to believe that she had never set foot on earth before. Every now and then he would ask her questions about herself, trying to deduce what kind of creature she was and where she'd come from. He was none the wiser by the time he pulled into the parking lot outside his small apartment building. Kurt looked around to make sure that no one was watching and then he commanded Morella to teleport herself into his apartment and wait for him there. If that is where you are going too, master, I can save you a trip by transporting us both at the same time, Morella suggested. The idea frightened Kurt a little, but he was more curious than afraid. Oh, what the hell? Sure, he nodded. Instantaneously Kurt found himself amongst the familiar surroundings of his own living room. He felt a little disoriented, like that sensation you get when an elevator urine starts to move, if you don't ride them very often. Morella was standing just off to his right, no further from him now than she had been in the car. Well, that was quick. Well done, Morella, Kurt complimented. Thank you, master. She smiled broadly. Morella began to look the apartment over, keenly eyeing the 21st century technology, in particular. So this is your home, master? It's very nice, she complimented sincerely. Kurt guffawed as he contemplated how meager the apartment actually was. He didn't have many luxury possessions as he had been saving to buy his own house, the same reason he was still working for old man Adler. His eyes lit up when he remembered that Morella's powers had offered a way out of this situation. Morella. Kurt began in a commanding tone. Morella's gaze shifted attentively to her master. Dot I wish for my own house. No. Fuck that. I wish for a mansion. A big fucking mansion. A mansion? Morella responded, looking a bit overwhelmed. Of course, I will be happy to comply, master. I will have to conjure it a few bricks at a time, though. I should be finished in about four and a half months. Where would you like me to construct it? She asked, with a blissful smile. Four months? Kurt said, shocked. Can't you just... Again he mimicked Barbara Eden's trademark magic blinking. Boom! Mansion. I'm afraid not, master. I do not possess the great amount of magical energy necessary to conjure an entire mansion at once. Well then, what can you conjure? Kurt asked, trying to gauge the extent of Morella's powers. Would you care for something to eat? Morella offered with a friendly smile. Uh, no, thanks. I'm good. He had picked up some drive-through lunch on his way to the jeweler's store. 
He was puzzled and more than a little disappointed by the weakness of Morella's powers. All the genie movies and shows he'd seen had portrayed creatures like Morella as incredibly powerful, able to grant the most extravagant wishes in the blink of an eye. Sure, Morella was magical, but her powers seemed little more than parlor tricks. She couldn't conjure anything larger than a few bricks. What kind of magical servant was she? Although, she had shown an ability to conjure things of great value, like gems. Kurt realized he could still have his mansion. He would just have to buy it with a lot of old-fashioned moolah, instead of magically wishing it into existence. Perhaps something to drink? Morella offered, trying to be helpful. No thank you, Morella. Kurt politely declined. It was only now that it occurred to him that Morella had not eaten or drunk anything since she was freed from the diamond. But what about you? he asked. Are you hungry? Oh yes, master. I am quite hungry. Morella replied beaming, as if she was delighted that Kurt cared enough to ask. Well, can't you conjure up some food for yourself? Or do you need my permission to do that or what? Kurt asked, a little puzzled why a being with Morella's powers would allow herself to go hungry. Morella shook her head gently and chuckled, which surprised Kurt a little. It was the first sign of a sense of humor he'd seen in her. Morella sat down on the nearby couch as she began to explain. Master, I am of a different nature to your kind. Unlike yourself, I am sustained by the eternal energy of the cosmos. I have no need to ingest and extract chemical energy from physical substances. She gazed up at him affectionately, as if she found his ignorance cute. So, how can you be hungry if you don't need food? Kurt asked, confused. Oh, I can still experience hunger, master. Morella replied her expression turning serious as she stretched out along the length of the couch. It is not like hunger for your kind, it is not something I can die from. But I can still feel it. If it were to grow too strong it would become like torture for me, she said. A look of sympathy grew in Kurt's eyes. I can feel it now, she continued. It runs through my entire body. A playful smile grew on Morella's face as she trailed two fingers lazily up and down her shapely, naked thigh. It's not very strong at the moment, but I still feel it flowing through me, quietly urging me to quench it. Then why don't you? Kurt asked, his eyes fixed on the arousing sight of Morella caressing her own lovely legs. Because I can't, master, she answered flatly. Only you can. Kurt was caught off guard by this response, silently asking her. Who, me? Yes, master. Morella nodded. My hunger is for sexual contact, and only you can quench it. Kurt's jaw almost hit the carpet. His heart rate nearly doubled. Did he hear that right? Morella closed her eyes suddenly and a look of delight flashed across her face. Your touch in the right places, your kiss, contact with your rod, any of these things would help to soothe my hunger. To have the valley of my sex filled with your rod would quickly satiate my hunger. But to have your seed flow into my body would drive the hunger right out of my body and replace it with a lingering sense of fulfillment that could last for days. Her hand slithered up her leg and her fingers began to trail random patterns across her lower belly and mons. Kurt could feel things becoming confined in his underpants. His cock was growing and becoming hard. The ranks of your seed just swelled incredibly, master. Morella continued. I know, because I can hear them. 
millions of them, thrashing their tails wildly. They call to me, tease me, almost by announcing their presence. South close, and yet their wonderful magic is kept from me. Morella gazed up at Kurt with pleading eyes as she continued to touch herself along her heavenly V. For females of your kind, your seed is the spark of life. For me, it is liquid bliss. Kurt swallowed anxiously as he gazed into Morella's doting blue eyes. The most gorgeous woman he had ever seen was coming on to him, leaving no room for ambiguity. She wasn't merely offering him the apex of physical pleasure, she was begging him to indulge in it. I really want to have sex with you, he stammered. Morella grinned, as if this response was a very pleasant surprise. That is wonderful to hear, master, she replied, as she swung her legs deftly onto the floor and stood up. I promise that you will not regret this. She reached behind her back and unknotted the two lengths of gold cord securing her flimsy bra to her body. As she stepped slowly over towards her consenting master, she lifted the loose bra from her body, bearing for the first time her tantalizing nipples and lovely pink areolas. Oh, mama! Kurt blurted. He began to quickly fumble with the buttons of his shirt. As Morella stepped up to Kurt, she cupped his face between her warm hands and kissed him tenderly. Kurt felt her lithe mons brush gently against his crotch and Morella purred happily. Then she pressed her womanhood firmly against his trousered maleness and moaned in delight. I can tell that I shall enjoy this very much, master. She smiled. Before Kurt could respond, her lips were tangoing with his once again. As every kiss waned, Morella would gently suck on one of Kurt's lips, before occupying them with yet another delicious kiss. Meanwhile, Kurt quickly removed his shirt and began fumbling excitedly with his belt. Morella moved her hands down to her hips, to gently tug on the loose ends of the cords securing her exotic panties. She kept steadily pulling on them until the knots on either side of her hips unraveled and the panties dropped quickly to the floor, leaving the beautiful female creature buck naked. Kurt was still messing around with his belt buckle when Morella placed her hands around his head once more, this time pulling him close to her with a bit more force. Finally! Kurt thought to himself, as he felt the buckle unlatch amidst the clumsy movements of his fingers. He undid his fly and let his pants fall to the floor. Then he quickly tended to his undershirt, while he pulled his feet from his shoes without unlacing them. The amorous pair had to break off their constant kissing for a spilled second while Kurt pulled his undershirt over his head, but they wasted no time in starting up again. Morella purred excitedly as she sensed that her master's sex organ would soon be filling the empty space within her. She was not wrong. The second Kurt had pulled his underwear down, unleashing his rigid manhood, Morella pressed her nether regions firmly against Kurt, sandwiching his cock between their two bodies. She treated him to an extra-passionate kiss as she rolled her soft, naked and utterly hairless mounds firmly over the surface of Kurt's upright penis. Kurt threw his hands around Morella's curvaceous waist and then tentatively moved them down onto Morella's firm buttocks. To some extent, Kurt still could not comprehend that such a spectacular beauty was giving herself to a nobody like him making it feel awkward to touch her so intimately. But a large part of him didn't give a fuck about the hows and whys, it just wanted to feel up the ass of the hottest babe he had ever seen. Morella pulled her hips back after a while, just enough for Kurt's manhood to go horizontal again and for it to be the slightest distance from her waiting snatch. 
Then Kurt felt the bizarre, yet pleasant sensation of a magical force enveloping his rod and guiding it towards Morella's slick opening as she gently advanced her hips once again. The beauty moaned seductively as the solid head of Kurt's rod forced itself between her nether lips. An intense tingle of delight ran right up Kurt's spine as a curtain of the most yielding flesh parted softly across the sensitive tip of his maleness. Half of Kurt's shaft had discovered the utopian hold of Morella's sex when he found himself stumbling over the armrest of his couch. Somehow, Morella had craftily danced him around so that his back was to the couch. As Kurt fell, Morella threw her weight forward so that she fell on top of him. The impact of them both landing on the couch forced Kurt's rod completely into the welcoming fissure of the stunning creature. Morella's nether valley fit Kurt like a glove. Her tight flesh squeezed his rod pleasurably, without being at all painful. It was almost as if her amazing body had been sculptured just to suit him. Once the erogenous depths of her womanhood had met the pillar through which her master could inflict such carnal joy, her self-control went out the window. As the pair bounced back after landing on the couch, Morella's sex began to drift away from Kurt. She thrust her entire body forcefully against Kurt's, sending his maleness rocketing back into her center. As she continued to ride Kurt passionately, Morella held him down, thrusting her hands onto his shoulders with every couch-rocking gyration. Her eyes were closed, her mouth was smiling euphorically, and from her luscious lips, a perpetual melody of delighted moans floated through the air. Kurt's eyes were transfixed on Morella's opulent breasts, jiggling right in front of him with every thrust of her hips. They were practically begging to be touched. He brushed his hands gently over their outer sides, then rolled his thumbs over her yielding nipples, then he reached his fingers across their soft surface and squeezed, gently at first but then a bit tighter. They were so wonderfully firm. Without him even consciously making them, Kurt's hands began to knead and writhe against the attractive mounds, almost as if they were making love to them. Morella's hips gradually found a rhythm, forcing her womanhood onto Kurt's cock in smoother motions. But just because her gyrations had become less impulsive did not mean they were any less insistent. She pressed herself onto him until every inch of his maleness was inside of her, and his butt had sunk deep into the couch cushion, only to release him so she could begin the entire process again. The intensity of her motion sent a very clear message. She was not going to stop until Kurt subdued her with an earth-shattering orgasm. Every time she pushed the tender depths of her snatch over his quivering rod, Kurt could feel the pressure building. A massive stockpile of semen had collected in his cock, and it was ready to blow any second now. Morella's merciless affections continued even after the first jet of sperm shattered Kurt's resistance as it blasted into Morella's enticing center. Kurt lost complete control of his faculties as he was lashed by waves of incapacitating euphoria. His eyes clenched shut and he cried out in delight. His entire cock was buzzing with excruciating pleasure and madly thrusting every last drop of his seed into the magical beauty. Every powerful ejaculation sent a new wave of pleasure surging through his veins, even after her master was orgasming to the point where he'd lost all grasp on reality. Morella did not stop riding him, feeling his delectable rod filling her and probing the erogenous depths of her womanhood felt so good, so right she did not want to stop. Then the generous lashings of his seed began to take effect on her. It began as a pleasant warmth radiating from her womb then a tingle. A buzz of delight began to radiate out into her body, 
Then all of a sudden she felt herself accelerating uncontrollably towards sheer rapture. Oh, ah, ah, ahhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhhh
Morella replied, seeming very enthusiastic about having a sexually rich relationship with her master. Morella's expression of eagerness triggered a profound sense of joy and attraction in Kurt. Morella was so wonderful. He needed to take her, now. Without a word, he swept her off her feet and carried her into the bedroom. He plunked her down on the mattress, then moved up between her legs. He extended his tongue and brushed it over her labia and clit. Morella shivered in delight. Kurt continued upwards, running his tongue over her mons. It was just as flawlessly smooth as it looked. Then he nuzzled her navel, while reaching up to knead her breasts. Eventually he managed to tear his face away from her slender belly and move to features even more appealing. He began adoring her breasts by planting an open-mouth kiss on the inner side of one of the orbs. Then he gently pushed the lovely mounds together and pressed his face into her cleavage. He teased, nuzzled, kissed, and suckled her breasts for ages, all the while growing harder and harder. Even when his cock was harder than an iron girder and aching to be enveloped in Morella's warm folds, he did not enter her. He held out for many minutes, until his craving could no longer be ignored. He lifted his face from her luscious mammaries and guided his rod into her waiting womanhood. Morella hummed a little sound of delight as Kurt inserted the full length of his cock. Kurt began grinding his hips against Morella's, his motions quickly becoming more and more forceful, until his exuberance rivaled that which Morella had exhibited earlier. He pressed his lips hungrily against hers in an open mouth kiss and sent his tongue in to acquaint itself with hers. Morella let out a repeating chorus of muffled, deep-throated moans as Kurt's rigid probe incited massive lashings of bliss from her erogenous valley with every stroke. She wrapped her arms around his back and held him tightly to her roasting body. One of her hands meandered down to fondle Kurt's, but Kurt was already incredibly horny when he had entered Morella's slick snatch. He tried his best to endure the pleasure of her flesh, but it was a battle he could not weather for long. As he felt himself succumbing to a raging climax, Kurt pressed himself hard against Morella's hips, forcing her ass deep into the mattress. The instant his first jet of sperm had launched, Kurt felt Morella clench tightly on his manhood and through their ongoing kiss, she screamed in ecstasy. Her body began to writhe absently as the sheer delight of orgasm surged through it. Morella's legs hooked around Kurt's, and she began to caress the backs of his thighs with her calves. Milliseconds after every quaking ejaculation, Morella's womanhood spasmed tightly around Kurt's rod and her muffled cries became distinctly louder. It was as if every blast of his semen triggered a new orgasm within her. After a while, her entire body began to shudder in time with her orgasms. The amorous clenching of her snatch was becoming so intense, Kurt began to wonder if his cock would be crushed flat, yet all the same it was, in many ways, the most wonderful sensation he had ever experienced. After being lost in the rapturous warmth of the epitome of feminine beauty for some time, Kurt's pumpings became dry. His rod quivered a few times with what little of Kurt's strength remained, as the heavenly madness of orgasm departed it. The muscles of Morella's sex tightened around his member one last time, before they slowly began to release. Her own compounded climax slowly faded and dispersed into a warm sense of bliss throughout her naked body. Once Morella's moans and whimpers faded into silence there was only the sound of the two lovers' heavy breathing. After a few moments, Kurt summoned the strength to lift his sunken head. He planted a single tender kiss on Morella's lips, 
which elicited yet another appreciative moan, before sliding partially off her body, resting his weight on the mattress. Morella moved one arm around Kurt in a tentative embrace. When Kurt wrapped his own arms around her, Morella smiled and hugged him tighter. Before long, Kurt found himself lost in Morella's mesmerizing blue eyes. They expressed a profound sense of affection that was so beautiful and pure, it touched Kurt deeply. Perhaps her eyes had always been so doting, but he was too distracted by her sexual appeal to notice something so subtle. They laid there for almost an hour, not speaking a word, barely moving a muscle. Gradually, their two roasting bodies cooled down. Kurt had worked up a thick layer of sweat during their heart-pounding coitus. Eventually, he found himself feeling cold. I could really go for a nice hot shower, he said, breaking the long silence. Very well, master. But if I summon a summer storm in here, your possessions will get wet. Would you like me to transport us outside? Marella offered with a helpful smile. No, no. Kurt chuckled. I don't want a rain shower. A shower? It's a device, kind of like an artificial waterfall. It's just through there in the bathroom. Kurt gestured towards the nearby bathroom door. We use it to wash ourselves. Oh, Marella replied, seeming to understand. Care to join me? Kurt invited with a smirk. I have no need to cleanse myself with water, master. My skin is magical and doesn't harbor the various forms of dirt and bacteria that your skin is susceptible to. That may be. Kurt smiled unfazed by Marella's misinterpretation of his invitation. But while I'm in there I'll have to lather my entire body with soap. It can be tiring work. I could use some assistance. Of course, I am more than willing to serve you, however I am able, master. Marella chimed. They climbed out of bed and Kurt led Marella into the bathroom. He ran the shower's hot water until steam began to rise from the flow, then adjusted the temperature to his liking and stepped in. After running a refreshing spray of water over his face, Kurt turned to Marella, who was standing just outside the shower, and beckoned her to join him. She stepped in and let the warm water wash over her naked body. As Kurt looked on, she slowly turned around, until every inch of her was sopping wet. An hour or so ago, Kurt had been gazing upon the sexiest sight he had ever seen, as Marella posed nude for him in his living room. But that was Marella when she was dry. Words could not describe how arousing she was with her flawless skin shiny and wet, as privileged trails of water danced all down her magnificent form. Mmm. This is most pleasant, master, Marella said. Is it warm enough for you, Marella? Or too warm? Kurt inquired. No, master, the temperature of this water is perfect. Your kind is certainly very innovative, Marella complimented. Kurt ran a quick eye over her body and then took a step towards her. He left less than an inch of space between their bodies. Marella gazed at him intently as Kurt leaned a little towards her. Her lips parted, in anticipation of a kiss. Kurt, however, had other plans. He reached over to the soap holder behind her and grabbed the bar of soap. Here, he said as he built up a lather on his hand. Let me show you how people wash in the shower. He hoped that Marella didn't take his lazy excuse to feel her up as an insult to her intelligence. Her expression showed no indication of offense. He began by rubbing his soapy hands over her shoulders and down her arms, then bringing them back up the sides of her body.
When he reached the sides of her breasts, he moved his hands across to firmly rub and fondle them, making sure that he washed every last inch of them. His hands moved tantalizingly slowly, ensuring that every curve of her body received more than just a fleeting touch. He moved his hands all over her flat belly, across her smooth back up and down the entire surface of both her slender legs, around her shapely buttocks, not shying from the depths of her crack and then tenderly all around her most erogenous place. Before all was said and done, Kurt revisited her breasts a couple of times, too. Kurt loved every minute of it, and judging by the satisfied purrs he occasionally heard, Morella did too. Kurt only relathered his hands a couple of times. Most of the time he was washing Morella with plain water. He wondered if he would later need to correct Morella about washing him with no soap on her hands. He concluded the lesson by gently washing Morella's cheeks, then pulling her head to his for the slow, open-mouthed kiss he'd teasingly denied her earlier. Think you've got the hang of it? He facetiously asked her. You've taught me very well, master. Morella smiled slyly. She took the soap from the holder and lathered up her hands as much as Kurt had. Morella's style differed from Kurt's, but the speed at which her hands moved was no different. She was even savvy enough to constantly keep her hands soapy. Much like her master, Morella made sure to wash every inch of her partner's body. Much like her master, Morella saved his privates for last. While down on her knees, she gently wrapped her fingers around his shaft and began to stroke it up and down. Every time she reached the head of his cock, she ran her thumb right across it, from one side to the other. Kurt was already semi-hard just from the anticipation of Morella washing his manhood. Her expert attentions to his rod soon had it fully erect. Once she had received a complete standing ovation from her master's cock, Morella moved her hand down to gently wash Kurt's balls. She gently rubbed his testicles with her fingertips from front to back, back to front, front to back. After a while, Morella bought up her other hand to grasp and work Kurt's maleness, a little tighter and faster than before. Kurt sighed deeply as the sensation of Morella teasing him with both hands sent a shiver of delight up his spine. The playful look in Morella's eyes suggested that she was well aware that she was no longer performing a domestic chore. Morella's strokings were highly pleasurable, but they weren't intense enough to get Kurt off. Apparently, Morella intended to accomplish that another way. Oh, it appears that I have run out of soap, master. Morella declared, even though the soap had washed from her hands quite a while ago. I'd best get some more, she said in a sultry voice as she stood up. She shot him a lingering, wanton gaze as she slowly turned her back to him. She moved backwards slightly and the excited tip of Jeff's cock was pressed into the fleshy middle of one of her buttocks. As Morella had hoped, that was all it took to bring out Kurt's animal side. His arms swooped around her body with blinding speed and pulled her tightly to him. Kurt let out a lusty growl as the hilt of his shaft slipped upright between her buttocks. Morella purred triumphantly as Kurt began to hungrily gyrate his hips against hers. He kissed her madly along her shoulder and the side of her neck, furiously tossing her hair out of the way with his nose. One of his hands found a breast and began to fondle and rub it, while the other moved from her belly to her snatch. He began by rubbing her entire labia in broad strokes, back to front, but then he embarked on a precision assault on her clit. Morella let out a loud moan as her erogenous nub suddenly found itself the center of attention. Meanwhile, 
The base of Kurt's cock was being worked by Morella's soft ass, with every writhing motion the couple made. His balls were being repeated pressed into her yielding butt cheeks. The sensation was such that it could captivate any libido, but ultimately, it was only more fuel for the desire. The end of Kurt's rod began to yearn for the tight embrace of womanhood. He slipped his hand around one of Morella's thighs and lifted it, so that her legs were parted. Then he removed his cock from between her buttocks and began guiding it to her carnal valley. With some assertive caresses, he got Morella to angle her hips back, to make it easier for him. Before long, her nether lips were once again welcoming his organ to the pleasures within. Once he was inside, Kurt began gyrating his hips even more passionately than before. Oh, yeah? Oh, God, yeah! Oh! He growled at random intervals. Morella uttered a vocal moan of delight with every ragged breath. He moved his other hand down to her privates, to pick up where its partner had left off, briskly rubbing her clit. Morella's moans became louder and more prolonged. She rested her elevated foot on the soap holder, knocking the bar of soap out and sending it to the floor with a thud and a splash. The quiet voice of reason in Kurt's mind reminded him that the holder was far too weak to support a person's weight but a louder voice simply responded. Who the fuck cares? The delights of Morella's womanhood made everything else seem insignificant. After a few minutes of passionate mating, Morella clenched hard on his rod. Oh, master! She cried out in delight. The sudden tightening of her canal sent Kurt barreling towards his own orgasm. He continued grinding against her as forcefully as he could, using his hand to hold her hips tightly against his. Within seconds her climaxing snatch was milking his maleness of what little sperm it hadn't already surrendered to her. Morella cried out a second time as the first blast of semen erupted from Kurt's penis. The water washing over her face hid the tears of joy seeping from her closed eyelids. As an intense sense of rapture thundered all through his body, Kurt felt his loins pounding wildly away, as they mindlessly strove to fill Morella's entire womb with his fluid. Kurt lost his grip on Morella's leg, and it slipped out of the soap holder and on to the floor. He was still holding her tightly with his other arm, though, so there was no danger of her falling. As his strength left him, he pulled her over to the corner of the shower, and rested his weight against the walls. As the shower had sprayed warm water over their lower legs, the two breathless lovers were gradually released from their amazing orgasm. Kurt was thoroughly exhausted but the sense of contentment that radiated through him made it well worthwhile. They rested there in the corner for several minutes before getting up, sharing several kisses and then stepping out of the shower. After they dried each other off, Kurt stepped into his white bathrobe. I'm sorry, he apologized. I only have the one. Those are the garments that you wear after a shower, are they, master? Morella inquired, making bathrobes sound like some kind of sacred tradition. Well. Yeah, Kurt replied. Very well, master. Morella smiled. She reached upwards with one hand and a waterfall of white cotton began to spill from it, twisting around itself as it fell. Within seconds Morella was holding an exact copy of Kurt's bathrobe. Kurt nearly kicked himself for forgetting that Morella had abilities beyond those of an everyday hot chick. She proceeded to wrap it around her naked body, which Kurt momentarily regarded as a shame. But then again, he didn't want her to get cold. Then she stepped over to his side and he wrapped an arm around the small of her back as they left the steamy bathroom. While they had been drying off, 
Kurt had realized that he was hungry. For a moment he thought about taking Morella out to a fancy restaurant he knew about, a few miles away. But then he remembered what Morella had said about not needing to eat. Still, she insisted that she never needed to shower, yet she seemed to take pleasure in it. Morella, Kurt began, as they stepped into the living room. I'd like you to clarify something for me. Is eating food something that you don't have to do, or is it something that you cannot do? As I explained earlier, Master, I am sustained by cosmic energy, and have no need to extract energy from foods as you do. Having said that, there is no reason why I cannot mimic your species by ingesting food. She explained. Do you think it's something you might enjoy? Kurt asked. I am not sure, Master. Morella replied with a ponderous look. I possess a sense of taste. So I assume I would enjoy eating any food that you would. Excellent! Kurt replied with a level of enthusiasm that seemed to surprise Morella. He briefly reconsidered his idea of taking her out, but decided against it. Morella was unfamiliar with 21st century human life, and Kurt did not want to risk her saying or doing something in public that would draw undue attention to herself. He made a silent promise to himself to take her out for a nice meal once he was satisfied she could pass for a regular woman. But tonight they would dine at home. Morella, I think I'll take you up on your earlier offer of something to eat. Very well, master, Morella said. Kurt was beginning to notice that the same beaming smile seemed to cross her face any time he gave her an opportunity to be useful. What would you like? She asked. I would like two lobster dinners, one for each of us. And a bottle of fine champagne, with two glasses. He commanded. A broad grin crossed Morella's face and with a bright blue flash, two lavish plates appeared on the small table in the kitchen area, along with some champagne. You are so very kind, master, Morella said, seeming flattered by Kurt's invitation to dine with him. The smell coming from the table was mouth-watering. Kurt had never eaten lobster in his life, but he had heard how good it was. Upon taking a second glance at the table, Kurt was shocked by how large the steaming lobsters were. Each one was nearly two feet long, and that's not including the claws. He suspected that Morella had gone overboard in an attempt to be generous. Who boy? If I'd known they were going to be that big, I would have just asked for one lobster dinner for us to share, Kurt remarked. Taking her cue from him, Morella made one of the plates disappear in another flash of blue light. Kurt looked over at her and smiled. They enjoyed the single, delicious lobster together. As they sat down, they used their two bathrobes to form a kind of warm cocoon around both their bodies, inside which, Morella sat naked on Kurt's bare lap. Kurt took turns to feed a bite of lobster to first Morella, and then himself. The meal was mostly silent, although there was nothing awkward about it. Kurt continued wondering about precisely what Morella was. Every now and then he would ask her some more questions about herself. He discovered that she had several other powers, such as the ability to change form for brief periods of time. She also had many therapeutic powers, such as the ability to alleviate a human's pain, help them relax, or pervade them with mild, non-sexual physical pleasure. But all her powers seemed somewhat limited, at least compared to the magical beings Kurt had seen in movies. The most interesting thing that he discovered about her was that she had a repertoire of sexual positions and techniques in her mind that would put the Karma Sutra to shame. 
Kurt remembered hearing in high school English classes that Shakespeare had written plays about magical sprites that only used their powers for entertainment and convenience, and also had strong sexual appetites. He began to wonder if perhaps Morella was one of them. They'd barely eaten two-thirds of the massive lobster when Kurt began to feel full. He fed one last bite to Morella, before she banished the remains of the meal into obscurity with a flash of blue light. That was the best meal I have ever had. Thank you, Morella. Kurt smiled as he sipped his champagne. Thank you for sharing it with me, master, she replied. Kurt snaked one hand up her bare back and pulled her forward for a long, tender kiss. I don't suppose there's any chance you're hungry again? Kurt asked with a suggestive smirk. Morella chuckled. Hunger is a funny thing, master. You might be totally free of it. But then something comes close to you that you just know would be so fulfilling. Morella reached down and began to gently trail her fingers over Kurt's cock as she spoke. Then you want it. And then you need it. And then, finally, there is nothing you would not give to have it. She remarked in a sultry voice as she shot him a seductive glance. Does that answer your question? Again, Kurt pulled her closer and stole a prolonged kiss from her warm lips. Morella's skillful fingers had only been stroking him for a couple of seconds, but already he was rock hard. He slid his other hand around her butt and while still kissing her, stood up, carrying Morella in his arms. Their bathrobe cocoon fell apart within seconds of him leaving his chair, leaving them both naked. He took Morella back into the bedroom and gently lowered her feet onto the floor beside the bed. They stood there kissing for several minutes. Kurt caressed and squeezed her buttocks with increasing passion, while Morella gradually moved her body closer and closer to Kurt's, until his maleness was sandwiched upright between their bodies. When Morella began gyrating her lied mons against his rod, Kurt took it as a sign that Morella had had enough foreplay that he ordered her climb onto the bed on all fours, facing away from him, which she gladly did. He ran an admiring eye over her glistening labia, and then he ran his fingers over it. He rubbed her roasting sex a few times, and then he slipped two fingers deep inside, which prompted an appreciative moan from his partner. At first, Kurt intended it only as a fleeting tease, but then he decided it would be nice to treat Morella to a free orgasm. He penetrated her several more times with his fingers before he began rolling his thumb all over her clit. His fingers stroked her intimate depths with curling motions as if they were beckoning her climactic ecstasy to come forth. He could feel his manhood stewing with envy of his lucky fingers. It yearned to be in the paradise where they were dancing. But Kurt fought off his temptations, until his fingers made his lover cry out in delight. It was then, while her orgasm still ravaged her, that Jeff stood and forced his rigid maleness through her slick folds over, and over, and over again. Mayor Oh, Mayor Morella cried, as tears began to roll down her cheeks. Her entire body was tensed in an orgasm that her master was refusing to release her from. If she squeezed the bedsheet in her hands any tighter she would surely grind the cotton to dust. Kurt had held nothing back, drawing delight from her sweet womanhood in fast, deep motions. When his cock could no longer withstand the pleasure, Kurt forced her hips against Morella so hard that she almost fell on her face. He shouted out as he came, hard. He had barely any semen left, but his body acted as if it were trying to pump an ocean's worth into Morella's sex.as. Their climaxes subsided, 
Morella collapsed onto the mattress and Kurt did likewise, beside her. A few minutes later, when Morella had caught her breath, she shifted over, laid on top of her master, and began patting a continuous series of kisses on his lips. After a while she began softly pressing and releasing her mons against his limp cock. Kurt chuckled in the midst of a delicious kiss. His breath was still ragged from their lovemaking and his gorgeous partner was already prompting him to turn the page and begin the next chapter. Kurt was impressed by Morella's patience. She continued to kiss him adoringly and gently gyrate her hips, but her attentions didn't become any more insistent, and she showed no signs of frustration. A while later, when Kurt's rod was once again fully erect and pressing against her nether lips, the pair rearranged themselves and began having sex in the lotus position, where, after a few minutes, they each achieved another orgasm amidst their lover's tight embrace. After that, Kurt began to feel the cold of night setting in. The couple restored the bed sheet and blanket, which had slipped halfway off the bed, and then climbed underneath. After many minutes of caressing Morella's most alluring places from behind, Kurt once again began to mate with his magical slave, this time in the spoon's position. His hips ground hungrily against her pliant ass until he bought them both to overwhelming rapture. Yet even after the climax had retreated from his exhausted muscles, he did not loosen his embrace around the beauty. He delighted in the sensation of Morella's warm body being held so tightly to his own. It was almost as if he were still enjoying in the pleasure of orgasm, without the strain. As he basked in Morella's loveliness, she sung to him in moans of delight, in response to Kurt slowly rubbing her mons and clitoris. Tired as he was, his libido could not help but respond to Morella's sexy moans. He asked her to climb on top and ride him, to which she replied, As you wish, master, with a seductive smile. His cock stood proudly at attention, like a soldier ready for action but the rest of Kurt's body was too exhausted to do anything more that lay still and watch Morella's carnal dance. Morella's gyrations were no longer hungry, but rather tender and affectionate. It was as if she understood that her master merely wanted a gentle flow of bliss, rather than another mind-blowing orgasm. Perhaps, Kurt thought, that was all she wanted, too. After a while, he asked Morella to turn around, so that he could watch her but writhing on his hips. Morella happily complied. Kurt admired the spectacle for several minutes, then let his head sink into the pillow with a sigh of satisfaction. He never dared to dream that life could be so wonderful. He closed his eyes and focused on the enjoyable sensation of Morella's vaginal walls sliding back and forth along his manhood. Knock. 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 Kurt was roused from his sleep by the sound of urgent rapping on his front door. The light streaming in from behind the curtains made it clear that it was morning already. He let out a loud huff of frustration as he blinked the sleep out of his eyes. Whoever his inconsiderate caller was, they had just interrupted the best sex dream Kurt had ever had. Now that he though about it, why was it so hard to breath? He turned his gaze downward to find a head cloaked in silky black hair resting peacefully on his chest. Holy shit, he thought to himself. She's real. Morella is real. My beautiful sex slave is real. His heart began to race as he realized that his wonderful dream was not over at all. Knock. 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 Oh, all right. Keep your pants on. Kurt whispered to himself, 
unhappy about being dragged from his warm bed and naked lover. Although he had no direct intention of making his collar wait any longer, Kurt took the greatest of care to slide out from underneath Morella without rousing her. She looked so content, Kurt did not want to disturb her. He opened a nearby drawer, pulled out a pair of jeans, and quickly put them on. Knock. 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 Morella stirred and moaned, though her eyes remained closed. Shut up! Kurt whispered, vainly willing his insistent collar to let his female companion sleep in peace. He stormed down the short hallway to the living room. As he passed by the couch, he noticed his clothes scattered across the floor around it. As an afterthought, he grabbed his undershirt and slipped it on as he headed for the front door. Yes, can I help you? Kurt asked abruptly as he opened the door. Behind it was a very professional-looking man, in his mid-thirties, Kurt guessed. The man's dark suit looked extremely fine, like it was the brainchild of an A-list fashion designer. He was tall, clean-shaven, and had neatly cut dark brown hair. In his hands, he held a black combination-locked leather briefcase. I'm sorry to bother you so early, Mr. Foley, but I came across the photo you posted on the Jewelers.net forums last night, and I just had to get in contact with you immediately. The man spoke with an air of dignity. His voice contained the slightest hint of a vaguely European accent. I represent a client who has commissioned the making of a rather extravagant piece of jewelry. My client has insisted that only the finest materials be used. I'm happy to say that the size and refractive index of the gem you displayed on the forum is ideal for the project. I have been authorized to offer you $10 million for the gem. Kurt shook his head, wondering if his ears were still asleep. The gem was indeed fine, but it was worth a hundred thousand tops. This man's offer bordered on ludicrous. I'm sorry. How much? Kurt asked. Ten million American dollars. The stranger reiterated. Kurt was speechless. As much as I'd like to accept your offer. Kurt began. He was indeed tempted. The diamond isn't mine. I work at a local jeweler's and we were commissioned, ourselves, to fit the diamond in a brooch by its owner, Mrs. Devereux. Well, could you inform me how to contact this Mrs. Devereux? My client wishes to be in possession of the gym as soon as possible. Uh, I don't have her details here, but if you stop by Adler's jewelry after nine, I could. Looking over Jeff's shoulder, the man's expression suddenly changed from calm and polite to downhearted. I'm sorry. I don't think my client can wait that long. Sorry I've wasted your time, sir. The stranger stammered. He turned and started down the hallway, towards the stairs. Kurt watched him for a second, flabbergasted by the gentleman's sudden change of heart. As he began to close the apartment door, Kurt turned around and saw Morella standing in the entrance to the hallway, peering out curiously. She had somehow redressed herself in the same exotic costume she'd been wearing the day before. Now Kurt understood. The man had seen Morella. She was the reason he'd lost interest in the diamond. I sensed magical residue on that man, Master, Morella said. I don't think he was magical himself, but he has recently been in the presence of something or someone that is. Kurt tore down the hallway after the man. H-E-Y. He called out, stopping the man in his tracks. You knew she was going to appear, didn't you? I'm sorry? The man responded with a look of confusion. That's why you wanted the diamond, 
but you don't anymore because now she's already been released. Kurt asserted, becoming somewhat agitated. Sure. The stranger hushed, before looking around as if to see if anyone had heard Kurt's rantings. Could we continue this discussion in private? The man asked in a conceding tone. Kurt led the man back into his apartment and closed the door behind him. Morella stood at the far end of the living room, smiling politely. Kurt, Morella and their mysterious guest all stood around silently, until Kurt realized the other two hadn't been introduced. I'm sorry. This is Morella, Kurt said. Morella tipped her head politely to their guest. Morella, this is... Who are you again? Kurt asked, realizing he didn't even know the man's name. Somebody who knows what it's like to be in your shoes. The stranger answered cryptically. He looked over to see Kurt's brow furrowing and confusing and chuckled to himself. I suppose it's only fair that I explain it all for you. I know how confusing the situation can be. There's only a handful of ancient scripts that offer any answers and now I own them all. For a man acting like he knew everything, the stranger was explaining very little. Kurt decided to repeat his original question in hopes of getting some useful information. You knew she was going to appear when that diamond was cut, didn't you? Yes. How? Because I have ten more of her kind at home. Everyone was trapped inside a remarkable diamond until I cut it in two, a diamond just like the one you photographed. You would have been my eleventh, the man said to Morella, with a hint of regret, as he ran his eye over her attractive form. A pity, too. You would have to be one of the prettiest I've ever seen. Morella didn't react at all to the man's compliment, almost as if she hadn't heard it. Kurt sat down in the living room's second armchair, which he rarely used himself. He gestured over to the couch, offering the man a seat. As soon as her master had taken a seat, Morella walked over and sat beside him on the chair's armrest. Understanding now what enlightenment he could gain from this man, Kurt hung on the stranger's every word. So what is she? Kurt asked. A genie? Or some kind of... What are they called, Dot Sprite? You're a pretty sharp kid, the man said with a smirk. It was the costume that made you think genie, wasn't it? Well, yeah. And the fact that she's offered to grant my wishes. Except I've made a couple of wishes already and she says she can't grant them. Kurt responded. A look of shame crossed Morella's face upon being reminded of her failures to please her master. It's okay. Kurt assured her in a warm voice, placing his arm around her back. His efforts to cheer her up quickly restored her smile. That's because she's not a pure genie, the stranger explained. According to the scrolls I've collected, there was once a sacred grove along the coastline. I've worked it out to be somewhere in modern Albania. Anyway, the story goes that one day a shiny lamp washed up on the beach near this grove and was discovered by a passing nymph. The nymph took the lamp back into the grove and presented it to Hesperia, queen of the nymphs, and supposedly, the most beautiful creature to ever walk the earth. Hesperia rubbed the lamp and Shalaksh, the great red djinn appeared before her. Shalaksh informed Hesperia that he was bound to grant three wishes to whoever freed him. But, as he was a male, there was only one thing that the nymph queen wanted from him. Using her powers of seduction— Hesperia made Shalaksh her sex slave and, so the legend goes, became pregnant by him. But like their father, Hesperia's children were born into captivity. 
Hesperia gave birth to magical jewels. Her children were trapped inside, bound to serve whoever might free them. Kurt looked over at Morella. She was listening to the man with interest, but not as much as Kurt would have expected her to show in her own origins. Hesperia kept Shalaksh as her slave for two centuries. The stranger continued, before an army of raiders passed through the grove. The nymphs sought to protect, or camouflage themselves by merging with the trees. When they came back out, they found that the raiders had stolen the lamp and most of the gems as well. From there, the gems were scattered across the globe. When his story had concluded, the stranger sat quietly and allowed Kurt to absorb this information. So Morella, is half-genie half-nymph? Kurt asked, checking to see if he'd understood the man correctly. Yes. She's a hybrid. So, what does that mean? Well, Morella's kind embodies traits from both her parents. Like I said, they were born into captivity like their father was, but they possess only a fraction of his magical power. Like their father, they are bound to serve whoever frees them from their prison, but like their mother, who was linked to the trees of the sacred grove, they become bonded to a living creature. Shalaksh was always bound to his prison, the lamp, but once Morella's kind are freed from their prison they become bound to the person who freed them. So even if the diamond changes hands, Morella will always be yours. Which is why the diamond is now useless to me. The man explained. They've inherited their mother's beauty, of course. He continued. And also, her lustful impulses. The great part is that somehow those impulses have been tainted by the Jin master dynamic they inherited from their father. A nymph would have sex with anything male that they could find. But Morella's kind only lust after their masters. In their minds they feel a duty to serve you, and in their hearts all they crave is to have sex with you. They are, quite simply, the perfect species. This man speaks the truth, master. Morella declared with a smile. Kurt shivered in delight at Morella's confirmation of the strange man's arousing summation of her nature. That's all she'll ever want? Just to screw me? Kurt asked. Well, not entirely. How long has she been free? A day or two? Less than twenty-four hours, Kurt replied. Yes, well, she probably won't show much personality for a few weeks. Keep in mind that she hasn't been awake for very long. But give it a while and she'll start showing signs of individuality. She'll develop interests, likes, dislikes. By the way, just a bit of a heads up. Eight of my ten are absolutely nuts about stir-fry. They love it, the man said with a smirk. Kurt chuckled and decided he would see if Morella shared her sister's taste by having her conjure some stir-fry for dinner that night. But more than anything else, she will want you to regularly be sexual with her. The man nodded. Again he speaks the truth, master. He does indeed know much about me. Morella responded. Kurt held her hand and gazed up into his doting slave's eyes. His mysterious guest had confirmed his dearest hopes. This gorgeous beauty wanted him, would always want him, and unlike the other pretty creatures he had fawned over in his life, she had no interest whatsoever in any other men. So now you know, the stranger concluded. I'm sure that you can work out the rest of the details together, he said as he stood up. It won't take her long to work out what you like and don't like. When I freed Sarisa, my first, it was a bit of an adjustment but before long I was wondering how I ever got along without her, he said with a smile. Oh, 
I almost forgot. Do you know that their lives are sustained by cosmic energy, and that keeps them from aging or dying? Yes, Morella explained that to me. Kurt nodded. Did she explain that she can draw on enough cosmic energy to overcome the decay and mortality of a second being? The man asked. Wait. You're saying that. You stopped aging the second you split that gem, and now, for all intents and purposes, you're immortal. Are you sure? Kurt stammered amidst several dumbfounded chuckles. I was born two years before the Declaration of Independence was signed. The man answered. His expression was dead serious. So, yes, I am quite certain. Kurt followed the stranger to the door in a daze, as he dealt with this surprising revelation. He was immortal. Man walking on Mars, all the amazing technology he'd seen in futuristic sci-fi shows, he was going to see it all. And Morella. She truly would be his forever. I hope this has been enlightening for you. The man smiled as he reached the apartment door. Huh? Oh, you have no idea. Kurt responded, shaken from his reverie. It's been a delight. The man said to Morella in a suave tone, as he took her gently by the hand and leaned forward to kiss it. A second before his lips touched her hand, Morella yanked it out of the man's grasp and placed it firmly in her master's. She shot the stranger an indignant look that made it clear that her body was her master's to kiss and his alone. Of course, how could I forget? The man chuckled, showing no sign of offense. Kurt opened the door for the gentleman, and he stepped out of the apartment, before stopping and turning around. You know, I sat down and did the math once. In the two hundred years that Hesperia kept that gin she could have had up to two hundred and sixty-seven nine-month pregnancies. That's even more than I think I could handle. The man chuckled. I guess I could stand to have some competition hunting for the rest of the gems. Just don't go telling the neighborhood about this. I have a very big house, and I'd like to find a few more magic lovelies to fill it up. The nameless man smiled and nodded at Kurt, and then Morella, before strolling down the hall of the apartment block and out of their lives. For now, at least. Kurt had Morella conjure some bacon and eggs for breakfast. As they ate, Morella confessed that she didn't enjoy this meal as much as she'd enjoyed the lobster. Kurt smiled as he realized Morella was already beginning to develop her own tastes, just as the stranger had promised. He also noticed that Morella seemed a bit more eager to initiate conversation than she had the night before. Kurt had nearly cleaned his plate when there was another series of urgent knocks on his door. For a second, he thought that perhaps his mysterious guest had forgotten something, until he heard the voice. Kurt, you lousy slacker, are you in there? Kurt froze in terror and a look of distress crossed Morella's face. Master, it's the Adler, she said. I got a call from the manager of the jewelry store in Wellsville. He said that you ran off less than ten minutes after you walked into his store. Boy, when you're paid to do a job you do it, and you do it promptly. The angry old man yelled from behind the door. Now get out here and explain yourself. Morella looked over at Kurt. He was shivering. Suddenly her expression changed from worried to enraged. Don't worry, master. I shall deal with him, Morella said. She left her chair and marched over to the to the door. Without even touching the handle, Morella threw the door open, sending a strong gust of air blowing through her hair and the veils on the back of her outfit. 
She glared angrily at the old jeweler, who appeared shocked and stunned by the oddly dressed woman before him. Then the old man noticed Kurt sitting in the back of the kitchen area and he let loose once again. Boy, you better not have skipped work just to bang some whore. The old man admonished bitterly. You have upset my master for too long. It ends now. Morella snarled. Then there was a bright flash of blue light, and then the angry old jeweler was gone, vanished. An awful though crept into Kurt's mind. Morella, he uttered. You didn't. No, master, she interrupted in a reassuring tone. To snuff out a life force requires dark magic, and quite a lot of it. I draw all my power from the light. Besides, I know that are too kind to wish the death of another living creature, even one as despicable as the Adler. Morella gently closed the apartment door with her magic as she wandered back over to the breakfast table. So what did you do to him? Kurt asked, relieved that his lovely new companion hadn't become a crazed murderer. There is a field of refuse within a few miles of here. She began. What? You mean the county dump? Kurt deduced. Morella briefly closed her eyes and Kurt felt her probing his mind for a definition of county dump dot. Yes, master, that's right. Morella confirmed once her eyes had fluttered open. I transported the Adler there. By the time he makes his way home, he will be quite tired and he will smell awful. Kurt chuckled in delight as he pictured the look on the old bastard's face when he suddenly found himself in a big steaming pile of garbage. No real harm has been done to him, but it should make him think twice about upsetting you. Morella continued. And if it doesn't I shall teach him another lesson. Kurt could not find the words to thank her for slaying his demon. But Morella could read everything he yearned to express from his grateful smile. I am delighted to serve you, master. She said with a smile and A-B-O-W-dot-A-S he finished the last few bites of his breakfast. Kurt planned out a rough itinerary for the rest of the day in his mind. At about midday, he would go to Adler's jewelry store and if Adler had made it back by then, Kurt would turn in his immediate resignation. He would hand the segments of Mrs. Devereaux's diamond over to the old man and let him try to finish the job with his weak tools. He'd also let Adler know what he truly thought of him. Morella's presence would ensure that the old man would not respond with any verbal abuse of his own. Then Kurt would have Morella conjure some valuable pieces of jewelry and begin selling them in various out-of-town jewelers. Once he had several million dollars in the bank, he would begin house-hunting for that mansion he'd wished for earlier. Perhaps something in sunny California by the beach. But before all that, he had some important business to attend to. You've done extremely well, Morella he said as he stood up from the table and approached the magical beauty. Thank you, master, she replied with a delighted smile. So well, in fact, that I think you deserve a reward, he said playfully. He pressed his lips against hers in an open-mouth kiss, sending his tongue into her mouth to trail slowly across hers. As he did so he reached behind her back and slowly tugged on the loose ends of cord holding her bra to her body. It wasn't long before the two golden cords were dangling loosely at her sides. Kurt broke the kiss and lifted the meager bra from his lover's body, tossing it somewhere on the floor. He kneeled down and began kissing her breasts, mostly on the nipples, but also in other places. Meanwhile his hands had descended down the skin of her back and slipped under the veil trailing from her panties to test the firmness of her ass with his fingers. As her master adored her on two separate fronts, 
Morella gently rubbed his back through his undershirt. The man was mistaken, master. Morella moaned happily. Mmm, Kurt mumbled in a semi-interested tone, as he slowly drew his lips over one of her delectable orbs. The man who was here earlier, she elaborated between absent sighs. He said that I was of a perfect species. But it is not I that am perfect, it is you. You're very sweet, Morella. Kurt chuckled dismissively as he continued kissing her memories. It's true, master. She replied in an uncharacteristically insistent tone. She slid a hand under his jaw and tilted his gaze upwards so that their eyes met. You granted me freedom, and you give me all the love I could ever want, even though I cannot grant all your wishes. I couldn't wish for a more wonderful master. So you see, you are perfect, she declared with utter sincerity. She pulled his head back up to hers and gave him a long, tender kiss. While flattered by her compliment, Kurt knew that Marilla needed an important lesson. It was wonderful to be appreciated, but he couldn't stand the idea of Marella seeing herself as the lesser one of their relationship. I'm not perfect, Marella, he confessed. I have my weaknesses, just like you. But one thing I'm sure of is that we're gonna be very happy together. And really, I guess that's all that matters. Marella smiled in agreement, and they kissed once again. Kurt's hands resumed squeezing Marella's buttocks and Morella's hands wandered all over Kurt's back. This continued for several minutes, their kisses growing more and more passionate, as was Kurt's fondling of Morella's rear. But eventually, he craved more than just a delightful grope. He backed her against the kitchen wall, and then slid his hands around her thighs and began undoing the knots on either side of her hips. As he did so, he kneeled down once again to nuzzle and kiss her bountiful chest. As soon as the knots had unraveled, Morella's panties dropped to the floor beneath her. Kurt slipped a hand between the gin daughter's legs and pressed his index finger between her nether lips. As he did this, he pressed his thumb gently into her pliant mons and began tracing circles across it. Her privates were very wet, and Morella purred in arousal as Kurt shifted his fingers slightly across her sensitive labia. Kurt smirked, pleased to see that his partner was just as ready for the main event as he was. He patted a single kiss just to the right of her navel before standing upright to resume kissing her on the lips, more hungrily than ever. As he continued to gently roll his finger around in the opening of her snatch, Kurt simultaneously pressed his hips repeatedly against hers and began unbuttoning his fly. The proximity of her body made the task difficult, but the extra arousal from his gyrations made it all worthwhile. Meanwhile, Morella had grabbed the back of his undershirt and began pulling it off. Once his fly was undone, Kurt pulled down his jeans and underwear, which he had put on after his nameless visitor had left, in a single motion. Kurt's maleness sprung from its denim restraint and plunged into the gap between Morella's thighs, feeling the gates of heaven brush across its top as it thrashed around during Kurt's gyrations. After absently humping the empty void just below her opening for a couple of seconds, Kurt felt Morella's gentle magic guiding his rod to its desired destination. He had originally intended to take Morella back to the bedroom and reward her there, but instead, he had become lost in the moment. He placed his hands under her ass and lifted her slightly as he inserted his cock into her lovely womanhood. Both lovers moaned in ecstasy as their bodies were joined. They continued kissing passionately as Kurt's hips began to gyrate against Morella's, soon finding a rhythm in wide, fast motions. 
he was pressing her back hard against the wall. Morella hooked one leg around Kurt's ass to pull his loins closer to her own. After enduring her master's amazing thrusts for a while, Morella broke their kiss off and began to moan uncontrollably at the ceiling. Yes. 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 Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh. Master. Your seed. Please. Give it to me. Yes. Yes. Please. Oh, yes. 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 Kurt continued kissing her with burning desire, just below her ear. Despite her impassioned pleas, Kurt was determined to hold off his climax for as long as possible. Judging from her tone, Morella was thoroughly enjoying herself at the moment, even though she craved his sperm. As the pleasures of her sex began to overwhelm him, Kurt's motions doubled in gusto. He drove his maleness deep into her body with powerful thrusts, while his hands pulled her hips tightly to his, to maximize his penetration. Morella helped by tightening her leg around his body in time with his motions. Her vocalizations grew even more desperate. Soon, Kurt was humping her so wildly that he had lifted her right off the floor, leaving her other leg dangling beneath her. Suddenly, he began to grunt with each motion as he felt an epic eruption of semen building in his shaft. He drew his loaded cock back and forth through her luscious snatch with all his might, until the inviting caress of her tender flesh could no longer be resisted. Uh-huh, fear yuck! Kurt cried. He forced her heart against the wall as he came, burying his gushing rod completely in Morella's love canal. His hands clamped tightly on her firm buttocks. A meltdown of rapture shot through his body as his organ delivered its scalding semen. Morella's incoherent moans grew increasingly louder as her beloved master's orgasmic semen began to lash her receptive womanhood, sending a tsunami of rapidly increasing bliss hurtling through her. In a few seconds, she would be united with her master in sexual paradise. The End